Good Chodesh. We can still say Good Chodesh. It's a special time. It's Adar. It's a lot of joy. And if life doesn't look joyous, you just got to pull out more joy because it's Adar. So it's there. So today, of course, being Wednesday, we have an entire chapter. And it's a really powerful chapter to go through quickly. But that's the Hashgacha Pratis. It is chapter 26. In chapter 26, we are beginning a new section of Tanya, meaning we did the first section, chapters 1 through 17, the long road. We just now finished the second section, chapter 18 through 25, the short road. So now we're done our roads. So what's next? So what's next is application. So from chapter 26 until chapter 34, I would say, is the next section of Tanya, which basically is going to tell you now let's focus on you. Let's focus on what crucial negativity we need to uproot and what we need to implant instead as the foundation of a healthy Jew serving Hashem in a healthy way, what space do you need to be in? And basically, the message of the Rebbe very strongly is, do not be sad as we would say, depressed. Do not be apathetic. And instead, have a lot of joy. This is the foundation of a healthy Jew's healthy physical, spiritual life. No depression, no apathy, and a lot, a lot of joy. So we're going to spend three chapters saying, don't be upset. Don't be, I'm not upset. Don't be sad. Don't be depressed. Three chapters. Chapters 26, 27, and 28. And then we spend two chapters, chapter 29 and 30, saying don't be apathetic. And then we continue discussing how instead to have joy. So we want to uproot the negative, and we want the enormous positive. And it's a great time for it. It's not there. So the Rebbe begins by giving a muscle, a metaphor, in a physical battle between two people, wrestling people, a wrestling match. So the Rebbe says if one of them is, is lazy, is heavy, is sluggish, he's going to be defeated even if he's stronger technically than the other person. And the Rebbe is using this metaphor, and we'll come back to it later in this section, to describe the battle between our neshama and our nevashamahami, our godly soul and our animal. Now, obviously, the godly soul is much stronger. The godly soul is a piece of Hashem himself. The essence of our soul is the essence of God himself. There's nothing stronger than my godly soul. My animal soul is no match for it. But if my godly soul is encumbered, is fettered by this sadness, laziness, heaviness, dullness, can't move. She can't flex her muscles properly. So even though technically my animal soul, my evil inclination, they are weaker, but they'll win. And they do. So there was beginning with this like sort of image, if we could understand it, for us to understand how much these traits are so damaging to us. There was says laziness is an expression of sadness. Heaviness 
is an expression of an apathetic, bold, desensitized heart. And we need to clean those out. We need to clean them out and instead have joy. And what's the behavioral expression of joy? Energy. So if you're sad, you can't move. If you're apathetic, everything seems very, like, burdensome, big deal, very hard. And if you're full of joy, you've got energy. You move. You're energized. You're excited. You're passionate. So now we question this because the rabbi seems to be saying sadness is so bad. And say, but King Solomon and Shlomo HaMelech, he said, which means in every sadness there's an advantage, which seems to imply that sadness is not such a bad thing. Actually, it's a good thing. The Rebbe says, look at the precision of the language. Shlomo HaMelech is not saying every sadness is advantageous. He's saying in every sadness there will be an advantage. And what is the advantage in the sadness? the joy that comes after. But the sadness we're talking about that produces joy is not this blah, depressed, negative energy. It's what the Rebbe calls true sadness, etzavamiti, which means not sadness, but marirus. The difference is sadness is a force of klipa. It's coming from a negative place inside of you, and it's a negative force weighing you down crippling you. Marira's is a manifestation of godliness. It's from Kedusha. It's a manifestation of the Gevura of Kedusha. And we prefer Simcha. Simcha is Chesed of Kedusha. But Marira's is Gevura of Kedusha. It's not Klippa. Sadness is Klippa. Sadness saps your energy. Marira's creates energy, creates a desire to change. Sadness is very self-focused and very past-focused. Marirus is very Hashem-focused and very future-oriented. So in other words, Marirus leads to tshuva. The person did something wrong and they're sad about it, they're just going to think about what they did and about how bad it was and about how they, bad they are, about how they've done this in the past, and about they do that another time, and how they'll likely do it again, and the bottomless, bottomless pit of their own negativity. If a person is coming from Marirus, it means I've got to change. What do I need to do in the future? Because I, I don't want to keep serving Hashem like this. I want to serve Hashem properly. So what am I going to do to change, to make the future different? So that's a true sadness, the Rebbe says. It's sadness. It's not joy. It's not a feel-good space. And to be honest, we don't want you to overindulge in that either because we're too, we are so susceptible to depression. And even if you have Marirus, which means Gvura of Kedusha, which you're using to bring you to Tshuva, you can still slip from there into depression. It's just too close. So even Marirus we use very carefully to bring us to Tshuva, and then we change the channels. But from this Marirus, this is the sadness Shlomo HaMelech meant. If I use this Marirus at designated times on my Averus in order to break myself, in order to bring me to Tshuva, so what's going to happen afterwards? I'm going to feel tremendous joy. And if I feel tremendous, tremendous joy from that renewed connection to Hashem. But the Rebbe says, how do you clear yourself from all these sadnesses and worries and all your physical issues, spiritual issues? How do you, how do you, how do you clear yourself from them? 
So we're saying if it's a spiritual issue, you should do tshuva at the appropriate times, as we'll say at the end of the chapter. But if it's a physical issue, if it's, God forbid, a problem with children or health, parnasa, sustenance, what, what do we do? How do we not get upset by upsetting things? So the Rebbe says we know the expression of our sages that just like someone blesses Hashem for the good, they should bless Hashem for the bad. So we're like, what? That's not true. <laughs> you don't make the same blessing. What's the Gemara saying? So the Gemara says we don't mean literally to say the same words. You don't make the same blessing on good and bad news. But to have the same attitude, to accept it with the same joy. Whatever's happening in your life, our challenge, I'm not saying it's an easy one, but it's a real significant one, is to work on ourselves, to accept with joy. It sounds like an oxymoron, to work to feel joy, but that's, that's true. That's the reality. To work to feel joy in things that don't seem very good, like the joy we naturally feel with things that to our eyes look very good. Now, why would I feel joy with things that don't look too good? So there's many reasons Hasidus gives. In this chapter of Tanya, the focus of the Alter Rebbe is because the energy of these things is from a very, very high spiritual level. It's called Alma de Iskasia, which means the concealed world. And basically, there's God in his revealed manifestations, like when things look like what they are, and that's Alma de Escalia, the world of revelation. But then higher than that is Hashem in such intensity that it can't come to us straight because it's too intense. And we can only receive it through many packagings, through many layers to filter and conceal it. And that's Alma de Escalia, the world of concealment. So how do we get energy from such a high level of Alma de Escalia? only if it comes down packaged in things that don't look good. Because that's how it can get into this world. So when something comes into my life and it doesn't look good, I'm saying, wait, this is from Hashem. If it was str- everything in my life is from Hashem, so that's an easy one. <laughs> I know it's all from Hashem. So if it's from Hashem and it looks good, oh, I'm going to you. If it's from Hashem and everything is from Hashem and it looks bad, oh, I'm going you. So what's the advantage of I'm going the advantage is that Alma Discalia is much higher, much more intense, godly energy than Alma Discalia. Yeah, but it doesn't look very good. But the Gemara says, accept it with joy. What am I accepting? I'm accepting this is God's current gift to me because the energy is so high and he wants to give me something so high and it only can come through this wrapping paper. So what do I do? I unwrap it. How do I unwrap it? By accepting it as a gift from Hashem. And when I can accept it as a gift from Hashem, that's the unwrapping process that allows me to discard the negativity around it, all the window dressing, and absorb the godly energy of it, the Alma Discasia energies. This is a very hard avoida, especially if you're talking about something bigger. I mean, we can all give examples of small things, and that's great, and we should build our muscles on small things. But, you know, the bigger things get, and we don't need things to be too big to be too big for us. <laughs> it's hard to feel joy. We could work for us maybe on acceptance. 
we could work on just reminding ourselves many, many times a day, this is from Hashem and Hashem loves me and this is good. This is from Hashem and Hashem loves me and this is good. Because maybe words like Almadiskasi and higher level godly energy and the Yudke of Hashem's name and you know, I could say lots of Kabbalistic things, but it just might not really relate. So just to try to take it to the most basic practical level, everything in our life is Hashem. Everything in our life is good. I prefer the good that I understand as good. I only actually want the good that I understand as good. But if Hashem in his infinite wisdom chooses to give me something else, I know it's also coming from him, and I know it's his good, and I even actually know it's a higher good, and I take it with a belief and trust that all the negative veneers will disappear, I'll just get the energy inside, but all the ugliness of it will be taken away because it served its purpose. The only purpose was to allow that energy to sneak into this world. Great! The energy got here. So now all that stuff could be and should be gone. The Rebbe says there's tremendous reward for people that treat life this way, that really can look at life and rejoice, even in very, very hard things in life, because they know that Hashem's found in them. They know that everything that's happening is a gift, is another gift Hashem is giving them. He's giving them a gift like this, and he's giving them a gift like this, and I don't like that gift, so it's a gift. Take it. It's a gift. I know what you, it's good for you. Take it. It's a gift. So if a person should really rejoice, even in the hard gifts that Hashem gives, it's a person who values their relationship with Hashem more than anything else. Because if Hashem's relationship is more important to you than anything else, and you can appreciate that this experience is intensifying your relationship to Hashem, you can feel good. Even though, of course, of course, at the same time, we trust that Hashem will do the good that we understand is good. Hashem, we are very limited. Sorry. This is what we want, good that us limited people get as good. That's what we want. That's all we want. And that's all we should have. That's all anybody should ever have. But if somehow, in between all the great revealed good, some things slip in that are a little different, know it's Hashem. I know it's the same Hashem that's loving you the same way. I know sometimes for myself, when I see some really obvious kindness of Hashem, I sort of file it away like a Kodak moment. So when I'm looking at some of the other things, I can pull it out and say, it's the same Hashem. The same Hashem that loves me so much, like I see here, is in this situation the exact same way. Or as the Rev is saying here in Tanya, even stronger. Even stronger. So that's basically the Rev's approach to how you overcome sadness from your material concerns, from your life. And what if a person has sadness from his Averas? You know, they're not supposed to philosophize them away as Alma Disgassia, their Averas, their stuff you created. So the Rebbe says, watch out for sudden waves of guilt and sadness and depression over your sins. Because, basically, the Rebbe says, you're not so holy that suddenly you'd have this flash awareness of your neshama on how horrible your sin is and you'd be like washed in tshuva moments. So more, more likely it's your evil inclination, and your evil inclination is utilizing this as experience. You to feel upset. I don't know, I'm so not my sins, that's so holy. Not really. Not really. Upset is upset. And upset is not a good space to be in. 
So a person who's a good person, maybe the first opening for him to feel upset would be to be upset over wrong things he's done. But once you're in that space, lots and lots of other stuff kept flooding in through those doors. And that's why we don't want it, even for Averis. So what am I supposed to do? Do an Averis and then be happy because I shouldn't be upset about the Chas Make times with yourself. Set a time. I'm going to have a meeting with myself. Thursday night's an auspicious time to have such meetings with yourself. In general, at night, Krishna Hamit is a good time to have such meetings with yourself. Set an auspicious time. Sincerely deal with it. Pull out that Marirus we were discussing earlier in the chapter. Utilize it as a tool. Get out of it really fast. Feel the regret. Confess. Resolve to be different. Commit to being different. And then feel good. Because you're that confident that Hashem forgave you. And you're that confident that now your relationship with Hashem is even closer. Because when you mess up and return, you're closer than you were before you even started. Which is why Hashem allows that process to happen. So what's the outcome of the Avera? And your recognition of it? Joy. Joy in an even closer relationship with Hashem. That is a very brief rendition of chapter 26. Any questions, please unmute yourself, star six. Okay. Should be a good month. 60 days of joy. Wash away any negativity. Batel Bashishim.